Hello, 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 Snap Survivors. I am Tasha Pierce. This is episode five of After the Snap, which is a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. So, yep, I've been looking and trying to see what's going on in the Marvel Universe or the DC Universe or any any universe pretty much and I mean it's pretty quiet on um, most of the universal fronts so I guess that means that we will jump right into our uh, our Bumblebee discussion and um, it's gonna so today we're gonna talk about Bumblebee and what went wrong with the Transformers franchise okay so the the uh, Transformers franchise was a Michael Bay directed franchise and it consisted of five movies in the uh, in the Bayverse we had 2007's uh, Transformers 2009 Revenge of the Fallen 2011 Dark of the Moon 2014 Age of Extinction and then 2000 I believe it was 17 The Last Night um, so those were the five movies and but the franchise revolves around the Hasbro toy line and uh, the cartoons also which are based on transforming robots from the planet Cybertron and these robots have been constantly at war for years so yeah so Michael uh, Michael Bay directed these first five films He's also known for directing uh, Pearl Harbor and Armageddon, and I mean, yeah, Armageddon and Bad Boys in its sequel, Bad Boys 2. And in case you're interested, Bay will not return to the director's chair for uh, Bad Boys for Life. That's slated to release in 2020, but that's neither here nor there. Um, honestly, Bay is one of the most commercially successful directors in history, despite the critics hate. Uh, critic David Denby even went so far as to call Bay stunningly, almost viciously, untalented. So uh, he got no love. He really gets no love from the critics. Um, people came out to see the films, but if you're a, a diehard fan or even like a super kind of casual fan, you know that the movies were, uh, they, they left a little to be desired by the fandom. Um, Michael Bay is known for his, uh, he's, he's special effects heavy. He uses fast cutting visuals and uh, lots of explosions. Lots and lots of explosions. So, you know, when I ask uh, fans what went wrong with the Bayverse or Transformers, most of them start with Michael Bay. So I pretty much described what his films are known for. So when Michael Bay was hired, the studio execs knew exactly what they were getting. And what they got was five movies chock full of Michael Bay. Like the, the first movie was our introduction to the Autobots and Decepticons. And I can really remember being entertained by that. Um, Revenge of the Fallen coincided with the writer's strike, so we got kind of a mess of a story. Uh, lots of CGI, no substance. Dark of the Moon was better than Revenge of the Fallen, 
but it just went downhill after that, in my opinion. So the Bayverse was uh, commercially successful, but critically panned. Uh, a lot of the fandom wanted the movies to line up more with the cartoons. The Autobots didn't need to be as violent as the Decepticons. Uh, we wanted some Generation 1 designs for at least some of the robots. Uh, less of the sophomoric humor. Well, basically, fans want nostalgia. They want to be reminded of the feelings they got when they were uh, first introduced to these characters. They want to get to know the characters with some familiarity behind it. So, yes, I want to be introduced, but I also kind of know them already, so I kind of want them to line up with what's familiar to me. Um, it's easy to give us two hours of robots kicking the shit out of each other, but fans want to see character development and not just in the humans. And then the diehard contingent really, really want consistency. They want to see that the people trusted with making one of their favorite properties come to life actually has watched the cartoons or maybe actually have, has played with the toys. And in fairness, a lot of the people involved with the uh, Michael, Michael Bay movies have said they were, they were Transformers fans, but they were, uh, their hands were tied by what they could do because of uh, the audience they were trying to reach. They weren't just trying to reach diehard Transformers fans. They wanted to actually cross over and pick up new fans, which the movies did. But uh, you can pick up fans of the action and seeing the robots, like I said, kick the shit out of each other. But everybody recognizes a bad script. Everybody recognizes when a movie doesn't really have a plot. And most people recognize when a movie doesn't stay true to the... Uh, the events from prior movies so just it was lacking a, a bit of consistency and and that brings me to bumblebee get a new director a new direction it's originally a, it was slated to be a prequel but um this is starting to seem like they like to reboot using bumblebee and I say I, I say I see it be, being more as a re reboot because we're getting those uh, Gen One designs, and, and Knight is. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Let's go back and talk about Travis Knight. <laughs> Travis Knight is the director for uh, Bumblebee, and Travis Knight is known for having a more emotional and intimate side to his filmmaking. He's, this is only his second film, and uh, I believe he's worked in animation before, but uh, his style is more intimate and emotional. Although Michael Bay is still producing, and he's also uh, giving creative insight, the hope is that this is entirely Travis Knight's movie. And with Travis Knight's vision, um, we're getting cartoon vibes. So again, we get the Gen 1 designs. Um, you get the female characters as the robots. 
because Michael Bay couldn't figure out how to uh, explain the sexuality as far as what gender they were of a robot. But Travis Knight has introduced us to uh, gender, specifically female gendered robots. Um, so yeah, it appears we're getting a simple heartfelt story about Bumblebee. It's gonna be set in 1987. So human technology is nowhere near the sophistication of the Autobots or Decepticons. So the fight will probably kind of remain between them, which is what we wanna see. Uh, we get some looks at Cybertron and we see gen gen uh, Generation 1 Optimus. Transfer Transformer stands are stoked. They are completely stoked. Because not only are we getting uh, Generation 1 Optimus, we got Generation 1 Soundwave. And when I say that the, the true fans of Transformers are losing their minds, because he looks exactly like the toy from the 1980s. Down to the cassettes, uh, when he ejects the cassettes out of his, out of his uh, chest and, and they transform, we've got all of that and it looks really good. It looks, it, it, took, it took me back, you know, it really does look good. Uh, this movie could be the kick in the ass that the franchise needs to reconnect with the diehards, except, except Aquaman, Mary Poppins, and Spider-Man. This movie opens one week behind Spidey and the same day as Aquaman and Poppins. So that's gonna wreak havoc on our domestic box office sales. But if the movie has a positive reception, the studios should move ahead with future plans for the franchise. So I spilled so much, but I never gave you guys a, a synopsis of the movie. So I've talked a little bit about, about the past. And now we're gonna get right into uh, where we pick up with Bumblebee. So, on the run in 1987, Bumblebee the Autobot seeks refuge in a junkyard in a small California beach town. Charlie, on the brink of turning 18 and trying to find her place in the world, soon discovers the battle-scarred and broken Bumblebee. When Charlie revives him, she quickly learns that this is no ordinary yellow Volkswagen. So, this is also the first Transformer movie written by a woman, Christina Hodson. Um, she wanted to... Oops edit that out she wanted to uh, give the action film a female lead to inspire young girls so hence we got Haley Steinfeld Steinfeld I'm sorry uh, um, Academy Award nominated actress to play Charlie there's also Pamela Adlin she voices Bobby in King of the Hill she's playing the mom and then former wrestler uh, John Cena is playing Sector 7 Agent Burns. And there are also questions surrounding whether John Cena's character is actually a G.I. Joe, which would tie the two franchises together and possibly uh, is going to pave the way for a crossover film, which has been hinted at in the past, but it never came to fruition. 
So um, if those two franchises tie together, of course, we can expect to see a, uh, a Joe movie sometime soon. And my understanding is the sometime soon will be at some point in 2020. And I believe the only returning character from the old G.I. Joe franchise would be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, okay, but anyway, I plan on seeing Bumblebee in theaters. I'm probably going to do a double feature with Aquaman around opening day, which is going to require me to probably spend about five hours in the theater. But um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see both movies. I like to see both movies do well, but I think more is riding on Aquaman to perform well with this opening weekend. Um, we could we could get sidetracked and go off on Aquaman for a long time, but we've talked about Aquaman in in uh, past episodes, and you guys pretty much if you want to know what my feelings were about it, you can go back to the past episodes and listen to those. Um, if this prequel does not turn out to be a soft reboot, I look forward to to uh, I'm sorry. Not if it does not turn out, because we, we know that it's nine times out of ten, it's going to be a reboot because they've already canceled the Transformers 7 movie that they had on uh, their schedule. So I believe that they already know that they're going to use Bumblebee to reboot the, the franchise. So if this actually ter- turns out to be the case, I look forward to exploring Cybertron more and uh, keep the movies in the past and rounding out the backstories of the Autobots and the Decepticons. It would be interesting to see them uh, on Cybertron during the war. That would possibly be uh, a direction for another film instead of uh, picking up in modern day times. So yeah, that's just about all that I have on uh, the Transformers. Um, so next topic. Oh, we're planning on doing a, a, a watch party, a rewatch of all of the uh, MCU movies, beginning with Iron Man. We're gonna do that rewatch together, as far you know, as a group. And we'll, what we'll do is watch one movie a week, and um, I'll discuss it over here on the podcast. We'll also have a, a discussion on the After the Snap Facebook page. So, you know, hop right on over and join that community because I'd like to see that uh, grow. And I'd also like for to, to hear as many different opinions and uh, voices as we're doing the rewatch of the MCU movies, beginning with Iron Man. I believe the start date for that was November 23rd. I don't have the, uh, I don't have it right in front of me. But I'm almost positive it was November 23rd and that we would be doing one a week and I would probably be doing an episode or at least dedicating part of the episode to discussing the rewatch of uh, the MCU movie franchise. So hopefully we can get some uh, some more people to join in that. Um, Also... Let me think, has there been any, it's been such a quiet week. I've been hearing a lot of uh, different rumors, theories. And again, I've kind of wanted to stay away from rumors, theories, 
at least this is giving you an idea of how closely I recorded these last two episodes uh the today is november 1st so i'm recording episode five on november 1st i recorded episode four on october 31st so again i'm pushing you know it's it's probably been a couple of days for you but it to me it's been just a matter of hours where i said i'm gonna give it a week before i start uh before i go into spoiler spoiler territory with Infinity War and really take a deep dive into rumors, theories, uh, breaking down the past movies. If, if you're not caught up, if you haven't watched the uh, Infinity War, you know, I will give you the spoiler warning and I will kind of keep that towards the back half of the episode so that you can enjoy the first half of the episode. So, um, yeah there's that going on um other than that it's been nothing else happening in the in the marvel front um we've gotten a little bit more news uh from the uh star trek discovery front uh we're we're understanding of course uh, we've been i've been definitely talking a lot about the uh calypso episode that is coming up short trek So short treks are like 15-minute episodes, mini-sodes, and it will be on CBS All Access. Aldous Hodge is playing a character called Kraft, and he is set on a 1,000 years in the future discovery where the only people aboard this ship is him and the computer, which is an uh, artificial intelligence. And... It gets a little creepy, it seems. I, I'm hoping that this uh, that this mini-sode is as good as that trailer is making it look. And I am definitely excited to see Aldous Hodge being uh, added to the cast of Star Trek Discovery. Um, been sitting around watching old episodes of Star Trek Voyager today. So a really disturbing episode was Thaw. I was watching that one. And for, I don't know what made me watch it, but yes, I, I put that specific episode on and there was a reason why I did it. I can't remember why. And yeah, it was creepy, I fell asleep. <laughs> so pretty much, I uh, Voyager, sleep all day, writing, Voyager, researching, Voyager, uh, back to sleep, Voyager, recording. So I, I did, that's my, that's been my day today. And, uh, Obviously, if today is November 1st and uh, I'm recording episode 5, you guys are just actually getting any episode of After the Snap tomorrow because tomorrow is launch day for the podcast. So um, if you're listening to these five episodes, then you got here early because yeah, it, launch day, it's actually tomorrow, so I'm excited, very excited about that. So yeah, if you all are liking the content that you're getting over here on After the Snap, please, please, please be a friend of the show and head over to uh, Apple Podcast and give me a five-star review. Say whatever you'd like. But give me a five-star review so that uh, 
we can move up the charts and it helps to grow this podcast and um also if you have any show ideas if there's anything that you would like to add to a show i would definitely uh love to hear from from my my listeners about how to make the show better or what your opinions were on the uh topics that i've discussed or anything if anything you'd like to share can you just shoot me an email at after the after the snap at gmail.com i will definitely be waiting on emails because i really really would like to make this an interactive show where there would be a segment for me uh discussing reader content and uh, outside of that i really don't have an awful lot to say today so again after the snap at gmail.com you can find us over on facebook at uh at after the snap on facebook keep your eyes open for a soon to be launched youtube channel and uh shoot over to Apple uh, Podcast and give me that five-star review. And um, other than that, I got some extra uh, room. We got extra tents set up today. Um, everybody is around the campfires and story time, and I love story time. So I'm going to head on over to the uh, campsite. Again, everybody's welcome. You guys come on over whenever you like, and I'll catch you guys on the flip.